Musketeer Made is the official podcast of the Sioux City Musketeers. Back and better than ever with episode number six, Tanner Hoops, joined by Travis Morgan. And one of the original Musketeers kind enough to lend us his time for this week's episode. Jim Peck is kind enough to be with us in studio. And uh, shoot, I'm really looking forward to this one. Just kind of picking your brain here before we get going. I'm really excited for it. Thank you for being here. Well... Boys, I appreciate the opportunity to be here, to tell you the truth. And I guess I've often just kind of talked about some of this stuff back with my kids and back, you know, back about some of the old days. There's a lot of things that I'm not going to be able to remember, so probably like a little help, I think, from Curtis and a little help from Travis. Then I guess he's been around for this stuff for a little while. So, so I think I can provide probably some form of entertainment for you i hope and I, I, uh we'll go from there i think we're just gonna we're just gonna <laughs> rattle the cage and see what comes loose that's what we're gonna we're just gonna rattle the cage and see if something shakes loose from you jimmy well i think that's the best way to do it to <laughs> tell you the truth i mean i guess if we get into you know like specific things like that i guess i could be a little foggy on that i guess but i think you can jar my memory we're gonna make it up as we go then perfect <laughs> well hey that old logo you were familiar with back there in the day go. that's starting to come around again is that shaking loose a few memories yes it is um uh, I guess I was telling Travis first, I guess, I probably got here about five or ten minutes ago, I guess we were we were going over some of the things, and uh, and I guess when I first kind of saw that thing, I was wondering about that logo, and, you know, and I just didn't put together all the little facts about around here. I guess that we're close to South Dakota, that we're close to Nebraska, we're close to Iowa, and... Uh, I guess I was informed, I think, I guess by the owner at the time, a guy by the name of Gary Lipschus. He said, well, that's why they're the three musketeers. It's up here in this little corner of Iowa. I guess we border all the states, and so we want to include everybody, I guess. Yeah, well, that was, that was, that was before we were, everything was a soft society. Now, now yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, that's great to know. So you played uh, for four years in the musketeers, 74 to 78, I believe. Yes, it was. And yeah. you came from St. Louis University. Correct. Now, you played four years there. Yes. You... You came from a place that was pretty elegant, and then you walked in the door here in Sioux City, <laughs> and tell us what you saw the first time you walked in the auditorium. Well, um, can I start on the trip down or on the trip up 29, I guess, on the airport? Can I guess Absolutely. can I go that yeah, way let's first let's then? start there, sure. I, that was my first impression of town, actually, I guess. I got into town. You know, I, you know, I, they had just kind of got me a ticket to come up here, I guess, because that's the only way I could get here. Because I didn't actually even, uh, to tell you the truth, I hadn't even heard of Sioux City before. Okay. Okay. And, and. Because you're from Canada originally. Uh, yes. Yes, I was. And so I went from a city up in Canada that's about three or 400,000 people, I guess. And then I went to St. Louis, which probably had about a million at the time, I guess, and pretty much you know you know it's kind of a modern day place and everything else it was different and then all of a sudden i'm in the middle of like a lot of cornfields i guess i just didn't realize where you know but uh yeah i guess that was my first impression except the airport there was only like one plane i guess maybe i mean it wasn't a big airport at the time either to tell you the truth and then all of a sudden i'm kind of coming up the interstate and so the first place that we stopped, you know, I was at the rink then I, and, and so the guy said, I guess I'll show you, you know, this is our place where we play. And, um, I said, okay, fine. And so we went into the rink and, uh, uh, probably needless to say, I was shocked. I had, I had, and not in a good way. <laughs> well, I actually came from a place that we played down in St. Louis was the same rink that the St. Louis blues played in. 
And so it's, you know, it's like a regulation-sized rink. It's an NHL rink. It's yeah. an, yes, with, uh, you know, I guess with a lot of amenities. And so I came here, and so the first thing I noticed, the rink's only about 160 feet by about 50 feet wide. And I'm thinking to myself, uh, uh, this is going to take, you have to keep your head up here for one thing, and you're going to have to make some pretty quick kind of decisions here for another thing. And the fact that they had a chain link fence. Yes. Which was the biggest shock of all, to tell you the truth. I guess when I was growing up as a kid, I think one of the first places that we played in, I guess, kind of had some kind of fencing around it, but that's in the 50s. And the chain link fence instead of the glass. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I was a little bit. I, I was a little bit nervous about that, to tell you the truth. He- hesitant, maybe? <laughs> that would be the correct word, I guess. I was hesitant about that. I mean, I guess, you know, you know, I, I mean, I thought that could be kind of dangerous. And towards the end of the season, I guess it actually did. I guess it actually caused one of our guys to quit. So, so anyway, I guess. But I'll go from there then. But, uh, no. Uh, um, and so from the years and on, I mean, I guess it's been one of the best moves of my life. Tell me about the league at that time, Jimmy. I mean, it was semi-pro. You were getting paid, albeit probably not a lot, probably no. not a lot to make a living. No. Uh, yeah. Um, so I signed a contract here, I guess, which I, you know, I guess, which I thought was all right. But no, I mean, it wasn't by it really wasn't by any means any great amount of, you know, money. I think they paid us 40 to $45 a game, uh, like to be truthful. And plus we made the playoffs, and if we won a couple of series, I, they would, uh, you know, probably give us a bonus money then too, I mean, I guess. Probably instead of making $40 a game, we made 60 a game. But that's only if we won the series, though. Incentives. Incentive, though. And if we made it to the playoffs, but we didn't win the series, then we didn't get paid. Well, so so there's a little incentive to win. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Wow, yeah. that's, that's and, a lot of pressure there. Uh, well, yeah, you know, we figured that too, but what the heck then, I guess. We enjoyed our, you know, you know. I mean, it was just fun to play, to tell you the truth, I guess. I wasn't really kind of ready to go, you know, after college, to go out and get a job. And, uh, and so I guess when this was presented to me, I guess to come up and play. And so we had another three guys from St. Louis that were here also too, I guess that was the reason and stuff. I came also too, I guess, because the coach said, Hey, uh, like I've got some other guys here from St. Louis too. He said, I guess they said, you might want to come here. And so I said, uh, and so I said, I guess you send me the ticket. I'll be here. So did did the, the the paychecks came and whatnot and that that was glorious but at some point do you start thinking eh, this might not be enough to live comfortably I might want to go out and get another job a, a secondary income well that was one of the other things that was provided too I mean I guess I wouldn't call it a bonus or or, or probably anything you know like that I guess but they also said you know like if you want a job he said we'll get you a job now doing what well wasn't really anything kind of high tech to tell you the truth okay. i guess we worked at some various kind you know some various places and stuff around town i guess that needed some help you know you know you know you know like in the warehouse or something like that i guess to help out i guess maybe part time stuff and that's primarily because of the fact of our schedule, too. I mean, I guess we played every weekend. It's if we were gone every weekend. We practiced. 
I think we practiced in the afternoons at that time then. I mean, I guess we didn't have anything except in the morning. Uh, yeah, and so it was kind of nice to have a job occasionally, though, you know, I guess, but it was a job maybe one to two to three days a week, and that's all we did with that. Talk about old-time hockey. Was it old-time hockey back then? I mean, the rank yeah. was old-time, but it was a rough-and-tumble thing. You know, fights were pretty common, but you weren't a fighter. You were you were a lover, you know? I mean, that, that was, that was, that was kind of your, your thing. I mean, you played four years yeah. here. You had two fights, you said, but yeah. but the league itself, it was that was a time when— Dropping the gloves was very commonplace, correct? It was, uh, um, that was one of the things, I mean, I guess that really just kind of got to me to tell you the truth, though, you know, just because of the fact I came from college, okay, and there was no fighting in college, and stuff. even in the 70s, you couldn't fight in college. So anyway, I guess when I first got here, I guess I had kind of heard some stories after I was here for about a couple of weeks about some of the rivalries, and primarily of Waterloo was always a big one. Huh. Okay. Nothing has changed. Nothing has changed with that either. I can see that too. Yes. Was PK coaching back then too? <laughs> <laughs> Feels like it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, um, you know, the first probably the the first I would say one to two, maybe about three to four games into the season or so. I guess there were a couple fights. I mean, I guess, but we had guys on the team though that were actually. You know, in the 60s and the 70s and 80s, then I guess you had guys on your team for that purpose. Yes. And so we had two or three guys, and they actually excelled at it. I mean, they were good. And Do you remember their names? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Who, who were they? Well, um, so the one guy that comes to mind all the time, too, and he was a pretty decent player, though, too, I guess, a guy by the name of Sam Nelligan. Yes. I'm not sure, I guess, if... It, I'm familiar. Uh, yeah, yeah, good. Yes, yes. And it it was actually Sam, I guess, that was my first season, too, I guess, and we were playing against Waterloo, of course, and Sam got in a little scuffle in the corner, and he was fighting with a guy, then this, then another guy came in to, you know... Assist? Just to kind of assist his partner in beating up Sam. And so I'm thinking to myself, I hardly know this guy, and I don't like to fight, but he's my teammate. Right. So I had to go in there. The quandary. And yeah. that was one of my that was one of my first fights. So anyway, we got the fight over with. Though I guess we're on the way to the box. I guess and Sam says to me, "Geez, I never thought you'd do that. Thanks a lot, man." <laughs> you said you're you're on your so, way to the, on your way to the box. Did you guys share the penalty box with those guys at the time? Because there was a time at the, at the Audi yes, where you, they shared the penalty box with the opposing team. We all shared the penalty box. It, it was on the west side. Well, let's see. I'm just trying to think of the rink then. I mean, I guess at the time, I guess. But it's on the west side. And, uh, yes, they transformed it about an hour before the game. They would put a bench on each just kind of side of the hallway there. <laughs> And then if you got penalties, then you're both supposed to go in there. And I think there was like a cop there, I think, it, or or else it was just an usher. An I guess usher, I can't remember to tell you the an truth. An usher that's not <laughs> yeah. going to do anything if something breaks no. out, by the way. He's not going to help out a no. lot. No. He's not, though, I guess. And I thought that uh, that was always kind of an odd, you know, like kind of arrangement. I mean, I guess it could lead to further problems, yeah, obviously. Yeah, awkward. We, ju we just dropped the gloves, <laughs> and now we're sitting five feet away. I'm supposed to be nice to you now <laughs> yeah. without anybody standing in front of us? Was, yes. Were there, were there times when there was fights in the penalty box? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I guess I saw that, I think, a couple times. I think one time was against a team from up in Green Bay. 
I guess they were called, uh, I think they're called the Bobcats Bobcat. back then, right? Yep. Yes. Yeah, and so they were a pretty tough team. Uh, they're a pretty skilled team, though, I guess, but they were tough, though. I guess they had a couple of guys on that team that could really go pretty well, actually, I guess. And and they primarily won most of their games through, like, a lot of intimidation and just kind of scaring the heck out of everybody, to tell you the truth. They were big boys, and they were good. Broad Street bully style, yeah. Very much so. Very, yes, yes. And, uh, and I think, actually... You know, like if you look back on the records, I think, I don't know, uh, uh, like there was some kind of a bench clear. I, I think that was with them, too, to tell you the truth. I guess where they had to shut the lights off on the rink one time, too, which really? it got that ugly. They I mean, it got pretty bad. Were, were like So, like, were the security guards, everybody out on the ice, too? To they had everybody out there. At, yeah, because it just got pretty bad. I mean, you know, I guess there were people... You know, like they were trying to get in the stands, too, and things like that, I guess. Things got pretty much out of control about a couple times in that rink that I remember. And and I think to be a bit more kind of specific than I guess, I think it was also against Waterloo. I, uh, I guess there was... Uh, I guess there was some kind of a brawl, I guess, that came out, too, one time, I guess, where they were actually climbing, you know, like on the screen and on the glass to get out of the ring. Heard rink, about that. And the boards all fell down on the entire side of the ice. <laughs> I mean, the whole thing just crashed now. Chaos. Because guys were trying to climb over the glass. Yeah, so. What were you doing? Uh, I was watching this? that one. Uh, yeah. like it's like it's I was watching laughing, to tell you the truth. I couldn't do anything else. I mean, I was... You know, I guess I was just kind of sort of paired up with a guy. I mean, I guess you're not going to have to fight him. That's but, yeah. what I was going to ask yeah. you. So, oh, like, yeah. and you're not you're not a guy that wants to drop the gloves very often. I don't want to get in that deal, right, for but, sure. But there's a bench-clearing brawl, and yes. the coach is looking at you like, hey, everybody's going. Yeah. What What did you – you can't you really hide. I mean – You just go up and grab a guy, and you kind of dance around a little bit, and then you, you all look at the action, and it's like, you know – you know, we're talking back and forth. I don't remember what I said. I mean, I guess. But there weren't any punches thrown. We and, were just, you and know. And you find a guy that, that's that's also somebody yes. that's, that's more yes. of a skilled player. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I mean, you know, I guess it's not like I wasn't going to fight if I had to fight, you know, sure. I guess. But if I didn't have to fight, I don't want to fight. No. So, so anyway, that was part of it. Jim, tell me about some of the organizations that were still around at the time. You mentioned Waterloo, Green Bay, and yeah. both still have franchises now. But Omaha really wasn't a thing. Sioux Falls, no. Lincoln, as we know it right now. Who were some of the other teams in the other cities that you had traveled to? Okay. Um, so the first year I played, I think we had eight or six or eight teams in the league. I guess we had us. We had Waterloo. Uh, we always made the trip up to Thunder Bay. I guess that we talked about that before. And Copper Country, which is up someplace up like northern Michigan. I think it's Houghton. Calumet, Houghton. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes. And Good one, Hoops. Yeah. yeah. And there was also a Green team Bay. that was out of Marquette, and there was Green Bay, too. It, yeah. It, it, it was like a six-team league the first year. And then afterwards, I think in my second and third year, I guess we had Chicago was in the team. Uh, we had a team out of Central Wisconsin, Central Wisconsin, Chicago. Uh, so that's when I went, and there was a team in Milwaukee too, I guess, which was a nice place to play. Uh, they had a beautiful rink there too, I guess. Nice place. Were, were guess this is where places, the Bucks played. Were most places in the league pretty nice? Were most places like Sioux City that was? They were pretty the old. Chain rinks. length and, and they're pretty uh, no chain link fences in the other places. To tell we, you the we were truth. the only one in the league, huh? And 
That was right. only for that was only for one year, though. I mean, I guess they finally got around to putting like up the, the glass. Like the federal league up in here. It's awesome. <laughs> Plus, they got a Zamboni too and stuff. My second year, there was. If I'm not mistaken, I don't think there was a Zamboni the first year. Mm. So, I guess they used to pull guys around a cart, a cart or something. Yes, yes, the cart. Yes, yes. How long? Which how, is another thing that I couldn't that believe. How long, <laughs> how, how long does that flood take? I mean, that, those intermissions had to be like an hour long. It's always good for concessions. It is. Uh, it's good for, you yeah. have, and Coke they sold sales beer. Beer sales. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> and they sold beer a lot too. And they didn't put it in glasses then. I guess they just gave you the bottle or the can, which was a pretty dangerous thing. I thought. Did they have the organ back then? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yes. Great guy too. I guess Dave. Dave Solberg. Dave Solberg. Beauty. He was a great guy. I guess I've seen. I guess I saw him about five or ten, or it was about ten years ago. I guess I saw him on the street one day. I and and. And he was just about the nicest guy and stuff in the world, and he loved to play that organ up there. I mean, he was great at it, too. Do you know that he still plays it? Seriously. The organ has been, it's the Wurlitzer, and it, it, was, yeah. it was moved out of the, of the, uh, of the Audi. No And kidding. was placed in the Orpheum. And wow. when I started the symphony, yeah. all of a sudden, like my third day at the symphony when I was there, all of a sudden I started hearing this, this organ playing out of nowhere. And it's playing hockey music, by the way. Really? Right. I see. And, and Isn't that something? And I'm like, wow. what is that? And, and I work with it like, oh, Dave, he, he plays that organ probably about once every couple weeks just to, you know, keep <laughs> keep up with it and everything. I walked in and there he was playing. It was it was beautiful. Really? It was beautiful. The memories wow. came flowing back. It was great. No, uh, um I kind of think that's what really kind of probably kind of set us apart, you know, from you know, from like uh Probably the rinks up in Michigan, the, probably the rinks up in Wisconsin. I mean, I guess ours was, I mean, it was an old rink, but it was one of the best places to watch a game, to tell you the truth, because of the fact they had the seating that just kind of goes up. Straight up. Well, I guess we're on radio, so I can't really say. <laughs> right, though? Right, though? I mean, I guess you yeah. uh, And there just wasn't a bad seat in the house. Plus, they had the balcony up top, too, I guess, which was... I guess, which is a great place to watch a game because you were almost right on top of the rink itself then, I guess, watching games up there. And people just loved it up there, I guess. Plus, they had that green room thing up there. It was just, you know, it was, I don't know, it was kind of like a cocktail kind of lounge thing up there. People loved it up there. Bring, it was bring one of the best places there was. You're bringing, bringing a tear to my eye, Jim. I mean, <laughs> you're bringing a tear to my eye right now. Yeah, so... How would I tell you? Um, we're talking with Jim Peck. He was around for uh, some of the original franchises uh, during his time with the Musketeers. You know, looking back on uh, some of the guys that you played with, do you still keep in contact with a lot of those guys? Yeah, there's probably about six, seven guys. I mean, I guess that I, you know, that I talk to uh, probably on about a yearly basis. Then I guess one of the guys, I guess, was. Uh, uh, I guess he was our goaltender for about a couple of years. I guess a guy by the name of Ralph Kloiber, and I played with him in college too. I, that's one of the guys, you know, I guess that just kind of came up here too to play the up in the St. Louis. The St. Louis movement. The St. Louis connection there, yeah. I guess, as we call it. And um, occasionally, I guess I will talk to a guy by the name of David Davies. I guess was another one. I guess that I played with back then too. I guess he's out of town too somewhere. Uh, sometimes a guy, I guess, I don't know if you remember him, then Barry Head, I guess, is a guy, I guess, that we, uh, I guess, he was the captain of our team, actually, you know, and stuff when I was here. And another goaltender, Terrence Mulroy, 
uh, who lives in town. Uh, and I play a little golf with him once in a while. And Walt Johnson. Okay. I guess I'm, you know, yeah. you're probably pretty familiar and stuff yeah. with Walt, and I guess yeah, he's yeah. been around all these years, too. I mean, I guess he still I mean, works a little bit with the city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there could be a couple others, and I guess maybe I just can't uh, bring them off the top of my head, but there's been a couple guys around town, too. Uh, some things have, have advanced a little bit since your playing days, Jimmy. Uh, you know, uh, one is equipment, but the second is, uh, you know, health care. Um, Back then, tell us what the team doctor back in that day. What was that like? I mean, you ever get stitched up? You get lose some teeth? I mean, yeah. I mean, how good was the how good was the team doctor back in that day? Or was it like Mike over in section four who's got well, some who's got some uh, training with the uh, <laughs> with, with 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 a needle point? No, um, if something happened here, okay, uh, we were pretty much just kind of taken care of. Though, I mean, um, you know what I mean? If you would probably kind of think maybe it was just something, you know, that they'd bring somebody in, I guess, that worked like in an ambulance, maybe to do that kind of work like that, or just something. Yeah. I mean, I guess we're not qualified much. But no, uh, I guess we were actually taken care of pretty well. I mean, I guess our team doctor at the time back then, I guess, Dr. McGowan. There it is. And there it is. Chris, yeah. McGa- Chris McGowan's yes. father. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Great guy. And uh, still is. Yes. Yes. I mean, he was a great doctor back. You know what I mean? I guess he took care of us. And I guess um, tried a few issues, I guess, over my years here. And and so you were in good hands. He took care of me well, to tell you the truth. I mean, he took care of all our guys. Now, if it happened on the road, it's a little different story. Because um, because Doctor McGowan didn't travel with you, Doctor Ma- No, <laughs> I don't think they paid him enough to do that no, anyway. No. I mean, they probably didn't probably pay him enough here anyway <laughs> just to do the job. I mean, I guess, but he liked hockey too. I guess he wanted to be in the thing, and and so anyway, I guess he was our team doctor. I guess, but on the road, it was a whole different story to tell you the truth. I mean, I guess if you got cut up or something on the road, you're kind of lucky if you get a shot before they stitch you. You're you know you're just kind of taking it. You're just kind of getting, I guess, what you can get to tell you the truth if you have something like that. Because it's, I mean, it just wasn't the same over there. Uh, Except if you're in a place, you know, that we played a couple times in Chicago, a couple times in Milwaukee, I guess. But if you're up in, like, northern Michigan and places like that, I guess, you're just kind of hoping for the best. You want to wait till you get home. Yeah, you were part of that team, as as Tanner mentioned, like one of the, right when the Muskies, they they started in 72. You got here like two years after they began. So hockey was kind of in its infancy here in Sioux City as it just picking up speed. What were the crowds like back then uh, when you first started? Was were they big? Did they understand the game, or was what was it like? Because I think the, the town sure. was just kind of starting to embrace it a little bit. Sure, sure. Well, um, um, so actually, I was pretty impressed and stuff by the crowds too. To tell you the truth, though, so, you know, I, I'm kind of. Uh, like I'm just thinking about the auditorium it was about 2600, 27, I think, 2700, or 2700. And so my first year here, okay, I kind of think the previous years, I guess they didn't, I mean, they played, I guess, but they didn't, I think they had kind of like some losing seasons. I don't think they mm-hmm. won too much at the time, I guess, but they were all right, I guess. I guess, but then they started to bring in some more people from college kids again, I guess. They brought a bunch of college people in, I guess. We had guys from Denver there too, I guess, a couple other people like that. And so we got better. Uh, like the first year that I was here, uh, I think we were about a 600 team. So anyway, we did pretty well. I just made the playoffs, of course. and Got, a, got, got, got paid. Got paid, too, <laughs> actually, too, I guess. Gary came through with a check at there the end of go. the year. 
And uh, and so anyway, the crowds got bigger, which is one of the things that I guess I really wanted, you know, except to talk about, I guess, were the crowds here, too. Because um, I guess as we started to win, I mean, obviously, we got more and more people. Yep. And it wasn't uncommon to have 26 to 2,700 people just, you know, and so just kind of jammed into that place, to tell you the truth. And, and, and I mean, there was a great atmosphere around there, I guess, because the people are up on the balcony. There's people up there, I guess, and everybody's, you know, yelling and screaming. And it was a... I'd say probably after I was here, you know, I was with the guys that we had here after about one to two years or so, I guess. It was a pretty hot little ticket in town, to tell oh, yeah. you the truth. And, I mean, you know, you know, like we had great crowds. Uh, I guess did the fans really kind of know hockey? Some of them. They knew fighting they, and, and drinking beer. Well, so, you know. I, and I think that was one of the things that first, though, you know, I guess they didn't really – like about me because of the fact that you know like i didn't fight a lot and you know and you know you know and so i wasn't going to fight i mean i guess i was out there to try and keep it out and probably score, score some, some goals, goals. Yeah, yeah that's what i like there doing. to win <laughs> yeah so so anyway i mean i guess people used to kind of get on me about that a little bit you know why you fight when i said well you know that's what we have these other guys here for, I guess. That's what they told me. Right. So anyway. You're a role player. That's not my role. <laughs> yeah. That's not my role. That's not my role. So, uh, and, and you know, like after about one to two years, I mean, I guess people accepted that. And, and, and so we had some success here. And I think we, uh, you know, once we put the team on the map. I mean, it was a good team, actually, yeah. too. I guess we did well. I guess playoffs was good. Um I think we made it to the final twice, I think. I guess we never won the championship. I, I, we went to the, I think, in 78. Uh, that was again against Waterloo, of course. And they turned that one into a best-of-nine series, I guess, because they won a more gate. So, uh, <laughs> so right. anyway, I guess we got beat. After, 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 yeah. after you were up 4 nothing, probably. <laughs> they turned that into a best-of-nine series. <laughs> probably. Uh, yes. That was a best of nine for some yeah. reason. Yeah. And We've just went four in a row. No, it's best of nine. <laughs> best of nine. Now, you guys didn't hear that? Yeah, no, it's best of nine. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I guess I never thought that would – I guess I never saw that before except once in Canada. I guess that was back in the 50s then, I guess, when I was always kind of watching hockey up there. I guess that was the Allen Cup. They played for the Allen Cup up in Canada. That was senior. Okay? And they usually played a – best of nine series and so like he had to win five times but i had never been involved in one over here until they just decided we're going to make this a five and nine and i think it was primarily because the crowds were good and so they just wanted more money yeah i mean you know yeah you know what the heck that i guess if you would have won five they would have said 11 (laughs) 11 game game series and all of them are here in waterloo yeah (laughs) yes so anyways, that was kind of interesting, that part, actually. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Um, do you remember who was coaching at the time? What do you remember about them? Absolutely. And were player coaches kind of a thing back then? Yes, I do. Absolutely, I guess. That was one of the reasons and stuff I came. I guess our coach at the time, my first three years here, um, so our coach's name was John Saville. And John had come from Denver University. Um, I think he came in 73. 
So anyway, and and it was kind of through John, I guess, that he said, uh, you know, you know, you know, I'd probably talk to people. They said, I guess maybe you want to come here. You know, I guess you have a tryout or something, I guess. But if you don't make it, he said, I guess, you know, you know, he said, you can come up here and play. And so anyway, I had my tryouts and, you know, you know, that didn't work. And so he called me up and he said, I guess, well, you know what I mean? You want to come up here, I guess, by the, I think it was by the end of September. And I said, absolutely. I said, I guess I'm ready to come. And, and so like the thing that I appreciated, you know, probably about John is the fact, I mean, I guess that, that he kind of let me play. There's a lot of coaches want you to, you know, you know, I guess you got to do this, you know, and so he kind of trusted in the fact, and he said, you know, I guess I kind of know, I guess, that you like to go up, that you like to, you know, I guess that you like to play a lot of offense. You're supposed to be a defenseman, but, and I said, yeah, that's right, but I kind of like it, and so he's, and so he just gave me the green light, I mean, I guess, you know, and so I appreciated that about him. And I kind of think it added a lot, too, actually, too. You know, I guess we scored the most goals, I think, in the league than any team in the league because we had some pretty good guys on the team, too. Uh, primarily a guy by the name of Dave Cardio. I, I guess I'm not sure, I guess, if you guys remember his name was, but he'd probably score 50 goals a year all the time. And just, uh, just a little short guy, actually. I guess he came from North Dakota. Um, I think he played up at UND, I guess, for four years, and then he came here to play hockey, too. Oh. And he was a good guy, too. So let's talk about hydration, because that's a big key yeah. to the game. Is it true that maybe you guys weren't drinking water between periods? Some guys weren't Some guys weren't drinking water. Maybe the Paps Blue Ribbon was flowing. Maybe Bud Light, perhaps. Maybe it was, maybe it was some beer between periods that gave the guys a little extra jump. Okay. True or false? Okay. That would be false. Okay. That was, okay, that's a, that's a rumor. That was a rumor, but now, now, um, I guess in the four years, I guess that I was up in that dressing room, I guess which just kind of by the way, because you had to walk up the stairs in yep. my room, you know. I guess after you play, and then you got to walk up like I think it's like about two stories up top up there, up to that little up to that little cubby hole up there. But um, there were probably some other things that were done up there. But I think that was also done in the pro pro leagues too. I guess guys used to smoke between periods in the <laughs> NHL. And yes, there was that for sure. But I mean, if you look back, uh, like in the '70s and probably even up to the '80s or so, I mean, I guess one of the greatest hockey players in the world. And I guess uh, I guess he played for the Montreal Canadiens. And Guy Lafleur, yeah, smoked between every period of every game he played. I believe he's fine. And he he's did okay. <laughs> And he could skate, and he could score uh, 50 goals a year. So, I mean, a coach not going to say much to a guy that can do that. So for a guy that came here and was, I mean, completely skeptical from the moment you landed to the moment you saw the rink, something must have clicked because guess what? It's We're now here 40, almost 50 years later, and About guess what? Years. You're still here. Yes. Well, yeah, you know, and so after my first year, I said, I guess I'll play one year, then I'm going to go back. I'm going to I'm going to go back. But then I, you know, I guess then I'd probably go back to Windsor, you know, for about a couple of weeks or so, I guess, just to go back and just see my parents and stuff like that. But then I just didn't really have the desire to stay there. And so I said, um, I think I'll go back for one more year and play one more year. And and so I go back and play. And then I think that was the year that I stayed here. 
I think in the summertime. I guess I got a job here. And um, I don't know why. I guess I just kind of grew, like, you know, just to kind of like the town, to tell you the truth. I mean, I guess it's it's not a big town, I guess, but it is a big town. And, you know, uh, like you get to know a lot of people. And so I met a lot of people here. And, and I guess they're nice people. I guess they were nice to me, I guess. And, I, and, so, I, and so I hope I was nice to them. And it, and so it grew that way, I guess. And then I met a girl, obviously, too. And uh, and that sealed the deal. And that, <laughs> yeah, I guess, and that kind of sealed her right there. Then I guess when I got married here, too. I guess I got married. Yeah, back. Geez, that's a long time ago, too. Actually, yeah, I was going to ask you how long because that, that I don't want to I want to stay down that river. So yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. I tell you, um, Jim Peck is our guest here on episode six of Musketeer Made as we start to wind down here that was great stuff that was really fascinating and again we really appreciate you taking the time and coming on in well boys i guess i appreciate the chance to come down then i guess i just want to thank you guys for having me i guess it's been a pleasure then i guess we uh and we look forward to the musketeers having a you know it's a good season i guess getting some people back out there i guess because it'd be nice to see the product on the ice again, I guess. They have a pretty good team, I guess, from what I've seen so far. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess it'd be nice to get things going again. Well, sometimes you and I are going to have to go fishing. Uh, we can tell, yeah. we, and we can tell more, more stories. And uh, I know that's, that's what you love to do. So I think I have a few more, I guess. I just couldn't bring them all. <laughs> right, right. We'll give you a couple more days to, to think about those. Hey, Jimmy, appreciate good. the time. And, and, and once again, thanks for being a part of, of Musketeer history. And, uh, Thank you. And staying, staying here in town and being a part of Sioux City. All right. All right, gentlemen, I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. That'll do it for Episode 6 of Musketeer Made. Tune in next week for Curtis Anderson, Jim Peck, and Travis Morgan. I'm Tanner Hoops. Have a great weekend.